All right, welcome back to the show. We were uh, talking off air about how much water we drink. PJ, you drink what? I, say? I'd say every bit of a gallon, if not more, a day, and you think you're a gallon and a half. You're working out, though. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just working. I'm not. It seems like you're working out, Mr. Spin Class. So, uh, that you know, you've got your metabolism going. I am a ways away from doing anything that translates into physical in a while. <laughs> you better get on the motorcycle, bud. I got to get on the motorcycle. I got to get on my fleet of bicycles is really where it's at. All right. Uh, our next guest is the, let's see, he set a record becoming the youngest pole winner in the race's 78 history of the Daytona 200. He made his debut this year. Sean Dylan Kelly joins us. Man, Sean, welcome to Pit hey, Pass guys. first off, and congratulations. That's cool. First of all, thank you very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Man, you were you were the absolute talk of the race, and the race turned out very interestingly and, and was a great one for you. Um, there was, uh, you know, a lot of drama. Uh, it, Tell us about the race from your perspective there in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, very, very good, good way to start um, my first weekend with with the team. Um, it was overall, you know, uh, a crazy weekend. Like you said, a lot of drama and just uh, a very exciting race. Um, not only that, but you know, Saturday for me was was fantastic with the pole position and. Uh, man, it was just uh, a dream come true, really. I mean, I, I've been wanting to do the 200 for a very long time, and um, I'm just lucky that my first ever time out doing it, I was able to do it with uh, just about the best team out there with such a competitive bike and everything, and it was it was awesome. Uh, I had so much fun, learned a lot. Uh, the race was the story it was, and uh, we were close to that P1, but uh, definitely happy with, with how we started off the, the year. Sean, did you? We've all know we all know now that you've been signed by Team Hammer, the Ulriches. You're going racing Moto America on a absolutely top shelf team, top shelf program. Did your Daytona um, lead to that, or was that already a done deal? And Daytona was just the beginning of it. Correct. It was already a done deal. Um, I had already signed with them earlier earlier this year around New Year's and. Um, everything was really ready to go. You know, we were just, uh, pre- preparing everything for the, for the Daytona 200. And then from there, uh, the main objective is really to concentrate on Moto America. So, uh, definitely it was a good way to start, start 2019 in that way, uh, at Daytona. And now we're just looking forward to, uh, keeping that same momentum going into, into Atlanta this weekend. So the 200 was always a plan for you guys. And I thought you signed clear back in like October, but, um, that's what, that's what I was thinking, but I knew that you had a two-year deal with Team Hammer, right? And so, the 200, why did you guys choose it? I mean, was that kind of a warm-up for the team or or uh, just something you right. really wanted so, to do? Actually, talking about, uh, you mentioned something about October. So, the reason some people did think about the whole Team, team Hammer thing was because I did actually race with them in Daytona in October. But that wasn't because I was signed with them or anything. It was really more of a of a test run, and I just got the opportunity to ride with them. So so that's exactly what I did. Um, and then just really, you know, you are right about the two year contract. Uh, I do have two years with with the team, and the Daytona 200. They've they've been running it for many many years, and um, they've always been been wanting to get that P1 from from the 200. So um, we knew that. Uh, 
once I signed, it was pretty much pretty clear that we were going to do it together. And uh, even better, I was able to do it together with Bobby, with my teammate. So um, for sure, that was uh, the, the way to start 2019, and we'll see for the rest of the season. And what have you been doing uh, leading up to this? Uh, clearly, we all know Moto America does have some age requirements for racing uh, at the in the class that you will now be competing in. You have to be 16, so clearly, perhaps you weren't old enough previously, even if you were fast enough. Uh, what what series were you running prior to this? So the last three years, uh, I've been running in the Red Bull Rookies Cup, which is over in Europe. Uh, we race the same weekend as MotoGP as the World Championship, and we go across all of the European rounds as 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 they do. And uh, actually, talking about age requirements, um, the main reason I couldn't race in Moto America before um, before this year was mainly because of my age. Uh, I wanted to race in 2015 in the KTM 390 Cup in Moto America, but I wasn't old enough. I was still uh, 12 or 13 at the time and I had to be a couple years older so that's the reason that I couldn't make it over stay on the state side uh, until until now and but uh, you know this gave me the opportunity to to be in Europe three years and and really grow over there uh, best school I could have had and now you know now that we got this opportunity to come over here for two years here we are so can you tell us what what racing a spec class like the Red Bull Rookies Cup teaches you about strategy and racecraft because i think it's it's we've interviewed a lot of you guys that have been in that the, the red bull rookies here in MotoGP, and and they go on to be badasses in road racing and they they uh it's you know obviously you guys are are learning racecraft and strategy and all of that while you're learning how to twist your wrist too yeah absolutely like i said i mean it was absolutely the best school that I could have ever gone through. Uh, going three years through there is, is just about the best thing that's ever happened. And um, the level right there right now is absolutely insane. This last year um, was closer than ever. Uh, the competition is very, very strong. The, the All 24 riders are within a second in most races, and it's, um, it's a combination of things. You know, Like you said, it's, it's just learning the racecraft, um, and it just, it teaches you so many things, not only how to be fast, but it teaches you how to, uh, how to fight with so many fast guys and how to just keep your head, uh, where it needs to be. And it teaches you just about everything. Uh, definitely went through a lot in the last three years and, um, very thankful that I got the opportunity because most riders don't get the opportunity, um, to run three years, three years is the maximum. So very grateful that I got that opportunity and, and now also very grateful that I'm able to use all that knowledge that I got the last few years in, in Europe and use it over here on, on the state side. Do you think, uh, you, you, did you make any good connections over there? You know, the guys who go through the, the Red Bull Rookies Cup in Europe specifically, they they talk about the, the people they got to meet, you know, beyond the, of course, uh, training that the series gives you and and everything that you've already discussed. I mean, did you make some connections that might pay dividends in your future? You mean my Kevin Schwantz or like Sean Connery or who? <laughs> like, who are we talking about? <laughs> no, no. I mean, absolutely. I mean, being over there on that side, I've been in that paddock three years and I, I know more people there than I know in all of the U S right now. So, um, it's, it's very good 
that in, actually, you know, one of the things about being over there is obviously, you know, Spanish and English are both of the languages that are most mostly spoken over in, in that paddock. And I perfectly speak fluently both languages. So that was a, a plus one for me. And I was able to meet so many people, so many teams, um, you know, people that know what they're doing, people that have a lot of power over there. And um, at the end of the day, you know, also make lots of family friends and, and just, um, of course, you know, all these contacts is one of the most important things in this world. Um, so uh, the good thing is, is there's still opportunities and there's still talks. So um, we'll just keep on doing what we're doing right now and keep on in this direction and see if um, uh, see how everything continues. All right, Sean, explain it to uh, people who haven't met you, because if you look at your name on paper, you sure have all the makings of perhaps an Irishman, but you speak Spanish fluently, and that might uh, raise a couple of eyebrows. What's uh, what's the story with your bilingual? And, uh, you know, that's curiosity. Yeah, that is that is right. A lot of people get uh, a little bit confused when I, when I start speaking Spanish, and I tell them that I'm American, and then they see my name. That's all Irish, so... Uh, it's an interesting combination. Um, I was born here in, in Miami, Florida, but both of my parents are Argentinian. So they they moved from, from over there about 20 years ago. So they're already both American. And and um, even being Argentinian, my dad's name is Patrick Kelly. So you can't get more Irish than that. Um, but definitely an interesting combination, but a very helpful one as well. That's 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 awesome. What do you think? Uh, have Have you gotten to race any of these uh, tracks that are now your future season? Have you raced any of these tracks here in the U.S. yet? Um, that's actually one of the main things that I'm going to have to uh, concentrate on this year. Um, I've only ridden uh, of Moto America tracks only Barber, and I just came back from Laguna, which. Um, Laguna, I didn't do on my actual race bike, but I did do it on a, a just a, a Suzuki street bike. So um, definitely better than nothing, and got some got some ride time there, and and at least just trying to get some some laps on these new tracks. Um, that's one of the things, you know. Not now that I know all the European tracks, um, just now that I have more knowledge than most new riders in Europe. But now I come on this side and I have to learn everything again. So, um, but that's good, you know. I I've already. Um, gone through the uh, having to learn lots of tracks so it's nothing that um scares me at all but just looking forward to to getting on many many new tracks and experiencing all clearly it uh, didn't pose any problems for you in florida how are you adapting uh clearly this is a change in hardware for you as well going to uh, uh you know a big full-size 600 uh class sport bike are, are you finding uh you know the additional power from where you were previously a, a big bonus for you? Yeah, absolutely. The the jump from a Moto3 bike to a 600 is, is very, very big. And um, going onto, onto such a strong bike and such a strong team is also very helpful in having to do this jump, of course. So um, I've, I've, I've gone a, done a really good adaptation to, to the Suzuki, and I'm actually really happy with how competitive we, we've been in, in Daytona. And Hopefully we can continue working in this way. You know, it's the combination of things. Also with my with my crew chief Jeremy Toy, he's, he's been doing a great job as well from his side. And um, I think everything has just been going in the right direction. And just having fun with this with this powerful machine. Definitely a different different hardware than a Moto Three bike. 
Awesome job. Sean Dylan Kelly has been our guest. We're going to take a break. Our, uh, our two is around the corner. We're going to have Larry Pagram and off-road racer Evan Smith. This is Pit Pass. One more hour right after this. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right?